would not believe your eyes. There was a fire fight. For a second, this was Armageddon. They break into mobsters' lairs. F-bombs dropped everywhere. Just like the toilet on that guy's head. I'd like to make myself believe. My forearm tattoo hasn't aged poorly. But it's hard to defend this movie. When they let the N-word free, I guess my nostalgia's never as it seems. Uh, Welcome to the Nostalgia Killers podcast, where we revisit films from our youth to see if they still hold up or if they should be inserted into the great DVD player in the sky. I am Luke Lond, and I am joined by Chuck Starzynski once again. Yes, I am back. That's right. It's the return of the boy king, who is actually a 34-year-old man. And we finally got Javier Martinez. Yeah, finally here after a long time. Co- trying to get co- on here. Co-founder, co- co-person. I'm a person. <laughs> you're like, you know, it's like saying like, oh yeah, he's like the fifth Beatle. If you were actually like the third Beatle. <laughs> Happy to be here. And uh, today we're talking about the Boondock Saints. Oh boy, are we. Strap in. This might be, uh, you know, I was, I was telling Luke before we uh, started, this might be the first two-parter, uh, depending on how oh. blue in the face I get screaming about this movie. So <laughs> you might, might have to resuscitate me and then just like, and I'm like, and another thing! I swear to God! If, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Strap in. It might be a long one, but we'll find out. Through the magic of editing. Yeah. Remind <laughs> <laughs> right. um, me to teach Chuck to edit. <laughs> hey, man. I try. It never it oh, no, looks I'm like not, I don't I'm not, try. I'm not saying you can't. It's, like it's, it's your turn. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Especially if we go along. <laughs> like, I went to school too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you've ever seen anything I've made, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be saying that or thinking that. <laughs> stop. Stop. All right. Yeah. Go for it, Chuck. Um, okay. Um, well, Javi, how much, how much nostalgia do you have? Before long winded guy gets <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me let me get my word in. Um, so I you know, I must have seen this movie um late maybe two thousand nine, something like that. It was the first, first, time? first time I watched it, okay. yeah, it's about probably two thousand nine, two thousand ten maybe. Um and I remembered enjoying it a lot. Um not as much as my buddy who had introduced me to the film, but I remember enjoying <laughs> it like a lot, a good amount, a good amount. Sure. And uh, I haven't I probably haven't seen it since. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what I was expecting going back to watch it um, this time around. And yeah, I think uh, went way down for me. All right on. Oh yeah. Don't, ooh, this is the sinkingest of sinking ships. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, personally, um, first time I saw the Boondock Saints, uh, God, it must've been like, like 16 or so. And a friend of mine was having a St. Patty's Day party. And he's like, oh, dude, you got to come over. It's going to be great. Da, da, da. You know, like green beer and like all that kind of stuff. Like as like a high schooler, of course. How could mm-hmm. I not say yes to green beer? <laughs> and, you know, uh, cheap Bushmill shots and stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, he's just like, yeah. He's like, we're going to be watching the Boondock Saints, man. And I was like, oh. And in my head, I was like, well, that's weird. I didn't know Val Kilmer was Irish. Because right. I was thinking of The Saints, <laughs> Saint. which is like an action movie <laughs> from the early 90s. I was like, all right. So then, like, the night went on, and, like, you know, we're drinking and hanging out and stuff like that. And then it's just, like, you know, my buddies all, you know, I don't want to come off like I'm some cool high school partier. No, it's, like, we're all just a bunch of fucking nerds. So my buddy's, like, it's time, you know, it's movie time. Woo, this is, like, the main event, like, of the party kind of thing. It's, like, cool. Let me put it on. And I was, like, 
so shocked. I was like, oh, this is something completely different. Um, but that being said, at the time, I fell in love with it instantly. I was like, oh my God, this is so, this is so cool. This is like, look at these guys. They are so like tough and badass. Like it's definitely like, um, I was telling a coworker we were doing this episode and he's like, oh, I don't think I've ever seen it. I was like, oh, you missed the boat, man. Mm. I was like, if you weren't a uh, slightly angry, repressed, toxic child, <laughs> then uh, you kind of, you missed the peak, my guy, because uh, this is not it. Um, but yeah, this movie was quoted ad nauseum by like friends and people in high school yeah. and stuff like that. Like I knew so many people who had like the shirts with the whole, you know, family quote on them or the uh i forgot to write it down which is you know i'm a goddamn professional uh, but the uh what i can't it's like something about the saints standing around me whatever that like sp that little like uh bill of our coat of arms thing is when they're at like the basically at the, the, IRA. The, the armory yeah yeah the ira armory <laughs> um but yeah so i think that's what kept me from getting my own boondock saints shirt so i'm very stoked that i never actually like got that sucked into uh -huh. it um, also I, oh, I know people who didn't get the tattoo, but like got things that were like, so they were like borderline getting the tattoo, but it's just like, ah, I don't want Latin on me, bro. <laughs> I absolutely considered it at some point. I'm yeah, sure. Exactly. I think it's just, yeah, it's part of being like a young man at this time and being of that age. Um, but I remember, yeah, like I must've easily seen this movie like 20 times as a teenager. Uh, I remember being so excited too, that they were doing a sequel. Uh, we went and saw it in theaters, and I remember walking out of that theater and being like, I am never watching this movie again. <laughs> also, I might be an idiot. Um, I don't, oh God, I'm not going to, nope, nope, not going to rewatch the first one either. Okay. So I left it buried. Like, I haven't seen, so doing the math, um, I haven't seen this movie since I was 19 years old. Wow. Yeah. And I wish I didn't rewatch it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's my nostalgia with it. Um, also, do you have any, I mean, do you have any nostalgia to it at all, Luke? I do. I was actually around for when this came out in theaters. Um, I didn't see it in the theaters, but it immediately became the most quotable movie of all time. Mm. Mm -hmm. And people were quoting the quotes and I had no idea what they were. I eventually saw it. I thought it was pretty cool. And until rewatching it last night to study for this podcast, I had never really watched it. I don't think. I don't think I ever really watched it either. Yeah. <laughs> in that sense, like I think I was like, "Oh, bang bang, pew pew, hell yeah," for, and then was like, "Oh, like." I was trying to parse it out last night about what it was about it, and it's very much a retelling of Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. Oh yeah, this is in, in style, not in story so much, but mm -hmm. in style. Yeah. And that, that's what I was attracted to. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna put this DVD on the shelf. Maybe I'll watch it again some other time. Yeah, this movie is someone who saw a Quentin Tarantino movie or like a Guy <laughs> Ritchie film three months ago yeah. and is telling you about it outside of a dive bar while constantly and, asking you for another cigarette. And you're like, dude, I just gave you my last cigarette. And you can't get away. No, no, it's like, no, dude, and then like, Ah, oh, what's his name? I don't know. He's like, ah, I don't know what. What do we think I am? I don't know no actors. Um, but anyways, dude, he like comes in the room and he's all like, "Say what again? I dare you! I dare you, motherfucker!" And it's like badass. You seen? You never seen this movie? Like that's exactly yeah. And then it's it's that guy writing a script. 
Yeah. Which also, yeah, really quick. We're just gonna, I mean, I guess not quick. We're, we're here, we're doing it. But speaking of writing the script, oh, Troy Duffy, writer, first time director. Yeah, I, um, I didn't know anything about the hit, the, like the lore of the film itself until yesterday. Mm. So I, I didn't know anything about Troy Duffy or its connection to Miramax and all that stuff. But uh, after I, w- I did watch the, the documentary overnight. Yeah. And it really colored the film for me in a oh, different, different way. It fills mm. in all of the, which also people who are listening, um, and I'll, you know, if you want a little extra credit, a little extra homework, watch overnight. Um, it's a 2003 documentary. It's on Tubi right now for free. Yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely colors in all the cracks. Like is in just like, it's like, oh, it's like, that's why we're just saying the N word constantly. <laughs> that's why this guy's a hard R word and a hard F word. Yeah. It's cause no, cause Troy Duffy is like, oh my God. What a piece of work. He is the, Troy Duffy is just a guy in wraparound sunglasses that films vlogs in his Ford F-150 in a Walmart parking lot. Like that's, it's that guy making a movie. Yeah. Yeah, just like sheer arrogance um, and just narcissism to like the nth degree. Like he's the guy like that, you're like, oh, hey, you and I are in the same line of work. We should start a business together. That'd be great. And then he's like, yeah, we should start a business together. I already like, yeah, I already started like three businesses. Like you wanna, <laughs> you wanna start another one? I guess I could. And also um, speaking of business, man, you know how Troy wears like Hawaiian shirts every day to work? I really wanna get do away with casual Friday. And, I, and you're like, Troy, take a breath. I said, we should start a business. I didn't say we have a business. Like he's just got that full like dreams of grandeur insanity. Um, Truly bizarre. A self, my favorite self quote of his is uh, he considers himself a deep cesspool of creativity. <laughs> wow. Which is just like, that is him in a, that's it. That's him in a nutshell. Like that is him in a sentence. Oh, let's, yeah, I guess just dive in. Um, and again, please, anyone just stop me whenever. Yeah, I, um, my, my reaction to watching again and studying it has just kind of completely nulled my attachment to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but but Chuck's got the fire today, I think. So oh, yeah. we'll, we'll be hearing a lot from Chuck. <laughs> this is going to run off. Um, but yeah, anyways, if you're not familiar with the Boondock Saints, um, it is a xenophobic, tough on crime reactionary <laughs> film about two Christian extremists committing unplanned acts of violence. He's not wrong. That's it. That's the fucking movie. Yep. Oh, my God. And then like every movie about a uh, vigilante, uh, you know, because no one can ever be original. Uh, this movie starts with a preacher doing a sermon, you know, saying his his bit. And uh, he's talking about how we should all look out for each other. And he starts the movie off with talking about Kitty Genovese, mm-hmm. who is, if you're not familiar, horrible, horrible atrocities happened to this poor woman. Um, she was assaulted in the middle of the night in an alleyway. And there's just surrounded by open windowed apartments and she's screaming for help and hundreds of people, if not, you know, I mean, if not hundreds of people is what I meant to say, um, are around and no one helps her out, you know, and these horrible, horrible things happen to this poor woman. Um, but every, like from the Watchmen to this movie, it's like, everybody's just like, ah, Kitty Genovese, boom, that's it. That's how we, uh, justify just like violent vigilanteism. Um, but yeah, we go from that into learning about the McManus bros. 
who are the main characters of this film. Um, they have first names, which I will pull up. But uh, yeah, you, you never hear them. It's literally... It's Connor and... Um, yeah, Connor that's, that's and Murphy. Murphy, oh. yeah. But I don't think anyone ever actually says them. They're, they're the most cliche. Exactly. They, they say them to each other throughout the movie, but it's... Uh, yeah, they're, they're two brothers who are basically um, Troy Duffy split in half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's the same side of the same very shitty scuff coin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, the fucking McManus brothers, um, I didn't notice it like upon, you know, until upon rewatch, they have identical tattoos on each side. <laughs> like It's like they've got the same Mother Mary, they've got the same, like it's super cute. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I digress. This is a movie for teenage boys made by teenage boys. <laughs> this is like- Very much. Um, another big thing to take away from this movie is cool guys smoke and drink. It's nothing but just lighting. So much cigarettes. Yeah, yeah it's just cigarette so after cigarette after cigarette. Let's continue on. Um, just to give you an idea of like what kind of movie you're getting into, Troy Duffy doesn't pull any punches. He just, uh, right off the bat, we start with a scene of um, the brothers working in a meat plant together. Um, and they're, they're having a laugh. They're goofing just because, you know, just because they're a bunch of violent murderers doesn't mean they can't be a couple of goofs. It doesn't mean they can't slap each other with cow tongues. And, exactly. And, yeah. You know, just guys being dudes. Um, but Connor, uh, played by Sean Patrick Flannery, um, just starts the film off with talking to a female employee and he's like kind of training her like it's like her, you know, first day. And he's like, oh, so this is how we do things here. And like uh, the rule of thumb is and she cuts him off. And this is actually this scene is where I learned where this phrase came from. But she's mm-hmm. like, the rule of thumb, like that, uh, you know, dates back to when it was legal for a man to beat his wife with a stick as long as it wasn't any thicker than his thumb. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Connor being the, the stand-up guy, he is, he's like, oh, well, can't do much damage with a, your thumb, right? Shouldn't it have been rule of the wrist? <laughs> <laughs> to which she, you know, rightfully so, freaks out and hits him, and then his brother, defending the family name punches this woman right in the face and that is the title card yeah <laughs> it's like it's like bam misogyny boondock saints that being said i will say that like I also half of my notes are gonna just be quotes because this is a bad movie with good scenes is what i would say sure. or a bad movie with good lines i'm, I'm very confused about how, it, about how it got made with troy being a first-time filmmaker and how competent this film actually is Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. I also am curious how much of it was actually written because I saw a thing where he um, basically he would obviously have his script and he was very like tight with it mm-hmm. unless it was someone like Willem Dafoe or an actor that he trusted. And he was just kind of like he would let him riff right. and just kind of like as long as they got the idea across. So there's some like there's some um, some fun dialogue in here, but I'm also like, OK, maybe none of this is Troy Duffy. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, yeah, so we move on to uh, boys are at the pub. Of course they are, because it's St. Paddy's Day. And everyone's <laughs> Irish on St. Paddy's Day. They literally fucking say that. Um, and yeah, we get the we get classic quotes like, uh, hey, fuck ass, get me a beer. And uh, why don't you make it tr- like a tree and get the fuck out of here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, because, you know, because disabilities are great and hilarious. Uh, the bartender has Tourette's. <laughs> 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 For no reason other than maybe Troy Duffy thinks stuttering's kind of funny. Uh, I did, did a little bit of research. That actor actually does have oh okay that, that level of Tourette's. Oh really? Oh whoa. Yeah. So it's so it's a little bit. I feel like it's a little bit of both. Then. It's, it's yeah. To to exploit it for comedy is a big 
a different right. thing, but that, that actor actually having it a little different, not, not as, you know, cringy as it might be, but yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to say, cause I, you know, when I'm watching, I'm like, I actually, that thought did cross my mind. I said, oh, I wonder if he does have it just cause it wasn't, you know, it he, came off pretty he, genuine. I was he like, did, or he's just really, you know, he, he did say the lines. Yeah. Yeah. So he did those, the, those ticks weren't actual ticks that you're seeing on the film. Oh, but they, but he does genuinely have right. ticks. But it makes and, sense. And, 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 and he's like, bringing it from a personal. Blur, blurts out speech yeah. that he can't control. So, yeah. so take that, Chuck. All right. <laughs> okay, we're gonna slowly. I'm gonna slowly backpedal and make you're gonna make me love this movie. No, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. No, not this no, one. No, no, no. You really can't. Um, but yeah, that was that was just one egregious thing I I noticed right away too. So I did a little research on it. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it turned out to be not the devil. Um, but yeah, also I will say that, you know, I'm usually, uh, usually pretty anti-police, usually a pretty ACAB kind of dude, but the cops are the best characters in this fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, honestly, like we get an introduction to the cops and that scene is incredible. Um, they, they do, they, they did make a very good, like a three, like three stooges level. Three stooges. Exactly. I was was thinking like R2D2 and three CPO level of comedic duo and trio. But yeah, Greenlee might be the funniest character in this whole movie, who's he's, played by Bob Marley. Yeah, he's actually in all of them. Oh, he's, is he really? He's the one. Is he the one, one person who's in other than the the other? Other than the brothers. The brothers, yeah. He's the one guy who's in all of the. You know what's funny? I couldn't stand him. Really? really? Yeah, yeah. I, I I liked that he was the joke to um, William Defoe's character. Yeah. Right. I liked when he would, you know, the fall guy. Yeah, yeah. When yeah, when you know, he would uh, joke on him. Right. But his actual, just his whole, I didn't. I thought his lines weren't, well, you know, I don't know. I think it was the actor. He kind of reminded me of like uh, a less funny Bill Burr. Yeah, that's um, exactly what he is. I mean, he even had the same face and everything. I was like, I was like yeah. oh, for a second, I was like, is that, is that, yeah, no, that's not Bill Burr. But I don't know. I just, for some reason, he just, you know, I, uh, yeah. I, I didn't. And his name is Bob Marley. Right. Yeah, exactly. See He's a white man with the name Bob Marley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is, yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> should, we, should we hate him for his name? <laughs> well, you know. Change, ah. change your name, Bob. He should have done a Michael B. Jordan, right? And then a Bob yeah. J. Marley or something. Exactly. <laughs> nah, I'm sure that's how he gets work. <laughs> you guys will never believe who I booked. <laughs> and then it's like <laughs> the biggest letdown ever. But, you know, it's like the Cincinnati ha ha hut is already like made room for him to come in. So it's like, hey, come to the stage, Bob Marley. <laughs> oh. But um, anyways, yeah, I, and I, I agree with you. I don't actually care for the actor himself, but it's like just the the back and forth between yeah. Defoe and him, um, which Defoe is incredible. Absolutely. I love that he's essentially just Sherlock Holmes. Yep. Like he just like approaches the crime scene, takes it in, puts his earphones in and like listens to classical music that helps him envision and relive the crime scene. Right. Um, yeah, I would actually like, I could watch a uh i could watch a willem dafoe film in the sense that like he needs his own movie like they should he should have been the focal point well i kind of have it down as him winning this film oh he definitely wins as well as this being the willem dafoe show Mm. because like he's the only one not trying to be cool just is cool because he's chewing the fuck out of the scenery exactly i'm assuming that he just walked in and was like you know troy duffy's like on his seventh palm aisle, and he's just like, all right, so when you reach for your revolver, I want you to really throw the duster to the side. And then I'm sure he's just like, no, I'm not doing that. Um, yeah. It's not in my character. Why don't I calmly approach? <laughs> I'm just like, I'm sure he's just bringing. My, my guess is Willem Dafoe's um, attraction to the film and the script was the idea that he would have so much room to play mm-hmm. and come up with his own thing. 
But yeah, which, um, which he does. It's yeah, wonderful. Defoe playing Agent Paul Smucker. Schmecker. Schmecker. Which is uh, I don't know if it's a pun or not, but it's uh, Schmeck is um, German for taste. Ah. So if, if uh, something schmecks, it tastes good. Mm. So Schmecker is someone who tastes things. Ah. <laughs> kind of weird. I don't know. I figured like, it was just like it's just a weird name to me. Like it, it. I mean, as a German name, it actually has a meaning. Interesting. It's like yeah, like Smuckers is close. Like the jelly. Right. Yeah. I think you're giving him too much credit. I think his name's <laughs> I think his name's Paul Smecker because if you say just his initial small, small and Smecker, pecker, small, and pecker. small pecker, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no, that, that occurred to me as well. Um. <laughs> um but <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Uh, yeah, Agent Paul Smecker, he's like on the verge of being a queer icon in the sense that he's just like... The the one thing this film gets right is it never, like, it, it does draw attention to it, but it never, I don't know, badmouths it or it, does, I, it doesn't treat it badly. No, it doesn't treat it badly, but I have a note here that I was like, Smecker has to be homophobic and self-hating because we just, it's 1997 uh, when they like write this script and it's 99 when they film it. So it's like, we can't have a strong self-confident gay man in a movie. There's that. It was obviously written by a straight man because of that. But like at the same time, it's not constantly called out. It doesn't affect his abilities. Um, I don't know. It's like this, the one thing they did right. And kind of for the time. Oh yeah, no, I mean, absolutely it like, no. It's like remark- leaps and bounds. Remarkably, could have just been like one long gay joke. Exactly, but it's not because he's he's the most competent person in the film. Yeah, although I I would I would argue that they did in the film they did at some point I I'm trying to remember the exact um, scene that it was in but they made a point to make sure that we knew he wasn't a feminine gay man. Right, which you know, or, or that you know, not that you have to be right, but yeah. you know, but just the way it was played out, it kind of sounded like something, you know, if if you know, if I'm being honest, if teenage me at the time had tried to write something similar, right. I might have done that. Oh, he's gay, but he's still cool because he's <laughs> he's not effeminate, he's so right? Masculine. Oh, it was the scene with him and his lover in the bed. Oh yeah, yeah, and he's like trying, the lover's trying to you know be more oh, yeah, affectionate that's, and cuddling. That's, that's the Chuck's point like, of like being yeah, being right. a self hating yeah. masculine. Right, right. So, masculine. No, I would say that you know that was maybe um, Duffy's sort of like you know oh, oh you know here's my character but but he's you know oh yeah, yeah no he's yeah. a macho yeah that's like Duffy much, yeah. Duffy yeah. picking Chung Lee in Street Fighter um, <laughs> and being like well yeah dude like have you ever tried to like get past your kicks like yeah I'm gonna pick her what like yeah she's tough like. You wouldn't pick her because you know it's like, or it's yeah. like, uh, it's like accidentally. I'm sure, I'm sure Duffy has done the same thing when he accidentally gets a strawberry starburst. <laughs> He's like, "Well, I only eat the pink one because uh, you know it's like it's got the strongest flavor. It's tough. It's uh." <laughs> but anyways, I digress. So yeah, we get the uh, intro, and also I'm, that might be the first time I just run through the whole fucking movie. But it's just like this is a movie again. I want to stress it is a bad movie with good scenes. Yeah. Mm. So uh, yeah, the brothers. Um, get brought in because there's a crime scene that the cops are investigating in the alleyway and the cops fucking love them from the jump. Yeah. Like they are like falling over each other to talk to these like two Irish brothers who beat up some Russian guys in their neighborhood just because they they probably just always wanted to be able to do that legally. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my fav- one of my favorite lines in the movie is uh, one of the cops is just like, well, you guys are free to go, but, um, you know, like, we got a holding cell and da-da-da. And it's like, is it okay if they stay? 
And Willem Dafoe says, well, we'll have to check with your mom, but it's fine with me if your friends sleep over. <laughs> Which, it's a good thing that they stay, because uh, they have a fucking religious epiphany in the jail cell. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Which is the slop. That was one of the most sloppy, confusing ways to justify what they're about to do. It's very high school, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. No, it was like this. You could tell he's a first time director also, like in the sense that like he probably he hasn't made a short or anything, because this is very much like that. I've got this great idea for a movie. There's these characters. They're going through it. They fight. Everybody dies at the end. It yeah. was like it had that strong, like juvenile high school, you know, first film class kind of thing going on. Yeah. Um, and if you watch the documentary, he hates film students. Oh yeah, with a passion. Oh, that was one of my favorite. One of my favorite things to go into, uh, go back to overnight. Um, one of my favorite things in the documentary is yeah, when he's he's just like dealing with the fact that he's a fucking failure, and his movie uh, has gotten totally blacklisted, and he's at a film school in Boston. Um, they do a screening, and the students are asking him questions. And one of the students, who's a woman too, which had to have really hurt oh, he was, because he's he like such a misogynist. He was very, yeah. Like she's like, oh yeah, like I noticed this, you know. It's, it's, she was just paying him a compliment too. Exactly. And, and he totally blew up on her. Like, shut up, mom. Exactly. Like, no, she's like, oh, I noticed like this didn't, you know, do so hot at Cannes and stuff like that because he like submitted it to Cannes. Um, but, you know, this is your first film and it's like a really good attempt for a first movie, man. Like what's next? And he just like blows up, wow. like "look here, bitch," like kind of thing. Like, and it's yeah. like, "Whoa, dude!" She said you made a good first film. Yeah. Like, and she even says she kind of like backs up, and she's like, "Look, most people make more than one movie. Your next one's probably gonna be amazing." The ego is so fragile, though. It cannot handle. Yeah. Uh, speaking of fragile, and I know that uh, this movie got, you know. Uh, had some fragile uh, things happen to its budget um, <laughs> because originally um, this was like one of the hottest screenplays on the market. It was his first ever screenplay and it was like initially picked up by Miramax, uh, Harvey Weinstein at the time, still Harvey Weinstein, but uh, you know, it was the nineties. Um, so he had much more clout. Uh, he handpicked the script himself and was like, oh, Duffy, you get to direct. I want your band to do the score. I'm even gonna buy this bar that you work in. It was like a Cinderella story, like a dream come true. Um, but of course he ruined it with his constant abrasive bravado and, you know, self-sabotaging behavior. Um, so he got total like the script got just kicked to the side. He eventually finally got it produced, um, by franchise films for less than half the original budget. Mm -hmm. And you can see that, um, in the sense that this is some oh, yeah. of the worst props mm -hmm. and fake blood sure. and costumes I think I've seen in a major film ever. I saw that there was a lot of uh, there was I saw there was a couple of squibs that misfired. Um, there's that scene with the um, pennies over the eyes, and you could see about an inch thick of just uh, like makeup. Or, yeah, 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 makeup on there, and I was, I was you know, oh, I noticed that. Up, um, up, yeah. and, up until studying it and looking at the box office, which I normally don't pay attention to, I assumed it was a normal budgeted film, twenty million. You know, probably made its money back, but no. If um, I remember correctly, I think it was five or six million that they made it for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, made for six million. I have no idea how much it. Um, I got the figures. I'll pull it up in well, a second. But... It, it didn't. It made thirty thousand dollars in theaters. Yeah, <laughs> because it only got to five theaters. <laughs> right, right. I'm curious what the. Uh, but the the DVD sales were yeah. fifty million okay. afterwards. Yeah. So. Okay. Which, but also because it's because of Mr. Duffy. Uh, <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah, he's the reason. Fucking come after us, man. Oh, uh, dude. <laughs> I wish he would. He has plenty of time on his hands. He's old now. I could probably take him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But uh, yeah, this movie um, <laughs> this movie only played one week and in only five theaters yep. uh, because something happened just days before the test screenings. Um, it was nineteen ninety nine. I don't know if anyone wants to take a guess, but uh, I did. I did read about it. The, the Columbine, Columbine, yeah, right. Columbine yeah, happened literally yeah. days before. So it's also like aside from him having a fallout with Miramax. Um, this just made it like the most untouchable movie in America. Bad, bad timing, cultural wise. Yeah, but also um, on the again on Duffy failing constantly, um, <laughs> he had to you know he had to settle and um, he went with franchise films, which gave him only six million. Uh, but the film became a blockbuster exclusive. So you're like, oh cool, good for him, man. Like he's gonna get distribution rights and all. And no, uh, unfortunately, Duffy he signed away his DVD distribution rights to 20th Century Fox to pay off legal fees that he had <laughs> built up by <laughs> fucking with Miramax. Um, so due to this, neither Duffy, his producers, nor the principal cast got paid any royalties until years and years later, when he eventually had enough time passed that he could legally sue 20th Century Fox and yep. get his get his stuff back. Crazy. Crazy to think about putting in all this work, yeah. having this cultural explosion of, of a film and, and not have a penny from it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, speaking of not having a penny, they, uh, going back to the props, this is my transition there. Um, the money, holy shit. It's like, <laughs> oh, I saw that. It's ones. I saw that. And yeah. then my favorite thing, my, one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is when uh, they're buying guns from the IRA guy who's like, yeah, you guys are righteous. You guys are doing this for Irish people all over the world and you're Catholic. Holy shit. This is amazing. He sets down a stack of bills. And it's fucking cartoon money. Like if you look at it's like oh yeah no it's not it's not Washington like, it's not Washington no. it's not Washington it's not Franklin it's no, no one it's no. literally yep, and then like any time that. that there's like someone being like hey like I, like you know for example there's a scene where um, <laughs> uh, Defoe goes and like talks to this um, Italian guy who's part of the mafioso group and he's like kind of like paying him off for like a tip. And he's like, oh, what can you tell me about uh, what's going on at Papa Joe's house tonight? And he puts two fucking dollars. Strangely hidden in an envelope. Exactly. So you can't see how much it is. I've got two whole dollars hidden. (laughs) This this is what was in Troy's pocket. um, Exactly. The day of the filming. That also happens when Papa Joe uh, is paying that guy for um, the Il Duce. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Same same guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's what it is. Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. That's doesn't seem like enough to you know, murder somebody, but okay. Do we, oh. have, do we have a uh, fuck count? Yes, we do. Sweet. Um, because, yeah, um, because Rocco's in this, we do have a fuck count. <laughs> um, there are exactly 246 fucks in this movie. Right on. Also on the subject of Rocco, uh, the character Rocco was actually named and based on him. Yep. Because I'm sure Rocco can't act. I'm sure he's just a buddy of Duffy's. Have you, have you seen him in anything else? No, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Also, be due to budget and time constraints, this one is going to break your brain, Luke. Um, they had to film 35 setups in one day. Oh, yeah. I heard that. Wow. That's that's what? like That's not possible. That's like uh, prison stuff. Like You can go to jail for that. Yeah. <laughs> that's like... If there wasn't a crew, a crew mutiny... I don't know how he kept wow. them together, but holy shit. Yeah. Um, what did they have like 33 days to film this entirely? Yeah, I think 33 days to film an entire movie, which is like pretty epic. I, I, I gotta say like, good job. I can't, I can't knock it for the stuff I've worked on, you know, in, in a similar vein, but 
Yeah, that's just mind-boggling. I can't even think of. Yeah, no, it's 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 you know, like you said, there's there's little bits here and there where you have to give the movie some. Oh, you know, for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, again, maybe, maybe not necessarily, you know, you know how much of it was, was Duffy's doing or not. Yeah. You know, like in that case, you know, the props to the, the, the crew, the crew, you know, for, like for the, sticking through that. The, yeah. the look of the film is very competent for a first yeah. time filmmaker, Absolutely. director who doesn't have any experience, never been on a set. Like I didn't know that yeah. for the longest time. So like kudos to whoever helped him out. Cause yeah. holy shit. <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, he had to, of course, he had to have help, but I think it's also just like, it's, he's one of those guys, he's probably driven just by pure narcissistic rage yeah. because he's so self-righteous and so set in like, this is the best thing that has ever been written. And this is going to be the best movie that's ever been made. And if you don't see that, you're a fucking idiot. And uh, yeah, he brought that definitely brings that energy the whole time. He brought that to set too, apparently, because he said that the most um, important aspect of the characters and the pacing of the film was anger yeah <laughs> so he uh would literally antagonize the cast and crew just seconds before calling action to keep the necessary drive of the movie in their performances yeah you can and you can you can you can see that you can feel that it. it's uh i feel like the duration of the movie everyone's just on edge oh no one's know, having um, a good time the, the, the both the both you know lead characters they're just angry hey and so you can see that i believe that i absolutely believe that and just look irritated yeah. The second the scene starts, yeah, you know, just, yeah. No, no one's having a good time, except for uh, Il Dulce. Millie <laughs> um, <laughs> Connolly, the makes great Bill Connolly. Yeah. Um, the reason why also Billy Connolly smokes a cigar in almost every scene is because he was so goddamn happy to be playing against his type because <laughs> <laughs> he's a stand-up comedian. So he'd literally just tell jokes and smile in every rehearsal. And so they had to give him some business so that he just was like, couldn't be like trying to do shtick in the background basically it's like no no you're gonna chomp the cigar yeah <laughs> you chomp the cigar you're gonna hold your guns that's what you're gonna do he, he couldn't stop smiling when he revealed yeah. his, his six pieces yeah. so he like gave him a cigar so he's still smiling if you watch he like just has a cigar in his mouth too but, yeah but yeah just again i'm just gonna keep chopping through go, um, go for it man there's so much goddamn slow they, they, i mean i guess it's a movie it's a movie in the 90s but it's like the slow-mo and the shaky cam oh my 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 big question I got watching it, knowing it was a low budget film this time, how many fucking helicopter shots? Oh yeah, they mm -hmm. they must have blown a good chunk of their budget getting those shots, man. Those are, I mean, was nineteen ninety eight? That shit was expensive. Yeah, <laughs> and there's a lot of them. Every every time they go to a new scene, there's an actual helicopter shot. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't know how they spent their money, but Jesus, I could have done without a, a few of those. I could do with an establishing shot on tripod, you know, at the front of the building. Exactly. It's just fine. I have to assume he knew a guy. I, maybe. I don't, know. I don't know. They also filmed it in Toronto, so maybe it was just a little cheaper in Canada? They they filmed uh, part of, parts of it in Toronto. Okay. Um, mostly the, the Rocco going into the restaurant to, or the, uh, the, the bar to, mm. to kill those guys. You can see, if you, if you look at it, you look at the street, none of the the businesses, the logos make sense. Mm. <laughs> So it's all weird Canadian stuff. Sorry, Canada. <laughs> oh, speaking of sorry, Canada, they brought Ron Jeremy to Canada. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, the hedgehog cannot act. He's, <laughs> he's so rough in this. And also, he is in, which, you know, um, I know that I've been away and you've been kind of slowly shaping this. Um, but I guess we'll just get to uh, what I'm going to start calling 
the, the icky stuff, the icks and nons. Um, <laughs> as far as, uh, yeah. I, I just movie. called it Things I Hate It, but now we're talking about Ron Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah that's, yeah. But, um, yeah, so this movie is definitely, for many reasons, it's canceled. But one of the big reasons why it's canceled, it does star, star Ron Jeremy, yep. um, who... Uh, Jesus. Yeah, if anyone's not familiar, uh, in 2021, he was indicted on 30 counts of sexual assault on 21 different people, um, including people who were like as young as 17 and 15. So, and, and if you're if you even know even less, you don't know who Ron Jeremy is. He is a porn star from the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been in the business a very long time. Very oh, yeah. very famous. Um, Which he was actually cast i mean obviously he was cast because of that but yeah. troy duffy is on record saying he cast him because he wanted someone in this that you'd be like sitting there with your significant other watching a movie and you can't admit to your like wife or partner yeah. you know who that is and then she can't admit to you that they knew who- so it's like yeah. this kind of weird <laughs> elephant in the room that eats away at you so that's the kind of edgelord that uh yeah <laughs> mr duffy is but um oh just and i'm just gonna two quick things on the hedgehog and we'll just move on from him because we don't need to talk waste <laughs> breath on this guy but um that he is in one of the worst age scenes in the entire movie um speaking of things just like you know is this movie canceled absolutely um yeah. there's a scene where rocco is meeting with papa joe and because rocco's the funny guy he's the silly one so papa joe's like in a bad mood he's like tell me a joke and uh <laughs> The joke he tells is like just a bad like race racial joke, which I'm not going to recite for the podcast. Uh, but just know that uh, Rocco. Come on, Chuck, you're the funny guy. Okay, fine. All right. So there's a. I'm just bleep everything. There's a guy, a yeah. guy, and a guy. I'm just going to play elevator music. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll come back in later. But Rocco is actually, ironically, like trying to clean up the joke as he's telling it. Yeah, he's trying to be PC. Yeah, he's trying to be yeah. PC. And then of all the people, uh, it's like one of Ron Jeremy's only lines in the movie. Ron Jeremy's like, no, no, no. Say the word. <laughs> and Papa Joe's like, yeah, say the word. And so then he has to say, has to drop some hard uh, N-bombs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, wow. What a... Even worse than that, there's the the I mean, the S for Mexican people. Oh yeah, like, no no no. Like, I meant like um, not yeah, and also just so you know, um, it, this is an equal opportunist film. Uh, there's a lot of hard S's, a lot of hard F's. This is, this is also like they're they're doing they're doing a Boston thing. Yeah, and this is a very much yeah. uh, northeast coast kind of deal where that stuff just thrown around like it doesn't fucking matter. Like I'm pretty sure even today, and it's oh just, definitely. It was a, it was a is a very much of the time thing, but like even back then it was pretty inexcusable to just throw that shit around. Oh yeah, you throw the N word around like it's an empty Duncan cup, you know. It's just like Yeah, and it's like I don't know. They have they have the least amount of those actual people to represent, you know, themselves and stand up for themselves. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's all just I don't know. I mean, I'm surprised they had so many actual Italian people in this film. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, it's that thing. It's like, well, it's like we're not hurting anybody as long as those people that we're not hurting aren't here. Exactly. You know, that was one of the notes I had written down was, you know, that scene in particular. I don't know. For me, it felt like, um, like, you know, that they, you know, they left the entire joke and they just made it run so long. I think, you know, not necessarily that it would have been better if it was a little speedier and like, you know, cut a little short. But just the fact that they just dwelled on on it for so long, you know. um, I think that speaks to the mind of the director and writer quite a bit. Oh, yeah. No, like, if you, like, see any interview with this guy, he's very much, like, the, like, cut of, like, 
yeah, you know, it's like I just say what I want. You can't take a joke. Go fuck yourself. Kind of like mentality. Right. Yeah, it's just the crass nature of. Yeah, but anyways, we'll just put the uh, we'll put Mr. Jeremy to bed with one last final scene. Um, his final scene is he's uh, going to like go masturbate, or as uh, one of my favorite euphemisms in this movie, um, he's gonna go play a little fireman time, as Will <laughs> yeah. Defoe likes to say. <laughs> Um, and he's like, you know, he's doing, he's taking part in a peep show and like watching some strippers and stuff like that, which like, you know, no, no shame. Like if that's your thing, that's your thing. Um, but yeah, Ron Jeremy is, uh, in a room, you know, watching a peep show and masturbating. And why is Ron, I have one question for you gentlemen. Maybe you have an answer. Maybe you don't. Why is Ron Jeremy masturbating in this movie? What's, what's a uh, peep show? Oh, what's up? Oh, okay. Oh, perfect. Uh, so actually, that's also in that scene. Willem Dafoe does, uh, you know, yeah, lightens yeah. everybody. Um, that's right. But why is Ron Jeremy masturbating in this movie so unsettling when I've seen the man have sex several times? It is. What's What's weird to me is that he's not even watching a peep show. He's watching a video on a right on yeah. a fucking not small in front TV, of him, but yeah, off to the side. I yeah. I mean, he's in the arcade. Is like ugh. I was. This is. I'm gonna go off topic really quick. Um, I was just a quick story time. That was one of the most. That was uh, one of the most uncomfortable I w- I've ever been. Like as a young man, kind of coming to terms with, you know, sexuality and all that kind of stuff. As I remember being like 18 and just being like, oh yeah, like I'm 18. I can buy cigarettes. I can buy pornography, uh-huh. and I can gamble. So you know, it's like 18th birthday. I'm gonna go do all of that. So like I went to the local like uh, porno store and walked in and was just like, oh, it was like uh, it was like the scenes in SpongeBob or Ren and Stimpy where they cut to like the really hard cut, like beautiful, like frozen scene, like the beautifully like painted grotesqueness of it all. Um, But yeah, just taking in like the skeeve of it and being like, oh, like just seeing the Internet like in person. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But just being blown away that there's like a thing in the back that just says arcades. There's no video games. I'm just gonna, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, just yeah, spoil yeah. that for yeah, you. Yeah. It's uh, it's grown men masturbating midday to porno <laughs> films on their lunch break, and then you know going they, about their day. And they know it's happening. Like, yeah, they just yeah. it's not. Uh... But uh, yeah, that was one of those where I was like, oh, was, maybe. Maybe I am still but a child. <laughs> maybe I I. Uncle Sam, don't send me to war. <laughs> I'm just a boy. Uh, but anyways, yeah. Um, Ron Jeremy meets his maker um, in the peep show, which, uh, yeah, that was, I watched this movie with my wife. She also had like fond memories of it because she's like, oh yeah, she also kind of similar, um, not as toxic masculine kind of thing growing up, but just of like, yeah. Uh, yeah, like I watched this movie when I was like, I don't know, 16 or something. And of course I loved it. It's, you know, sure. bang, sure. bang, shooty, shooty. And like, fuck you motherfucker kind of thing. Right. And, uh, she clapped, she clapped when Ron Jeremy got <laughs> shot. She was so stoked. She was just like, Oh my God. Let's, let's join it. Exactly. Yeah. A little, little, little. <laughs> that wasn't the first time she, or second time, last time she clapped him. That was not the last time she clapped. Uh, she also clapped when Rocco died. Because ah. she oh. was like, she could not understand that character. Yeah. In the sense that, and again, I kind of had to be like, ah, I like bring myself down to a very low level to get why I liked him as a kid. Like, I was like, well, he's the funny guy. And like, you know, he just, oh, he can't act. And he just says fuck a lot. Yep. <laughs> and he's kind of an asshole. And okay, I'm going to stop defending this man right now. 
Which also, speaking of Rocco being an asshole, uh, this is also one of the m most unforgivable scenes in the entire movie. Um, why does Rocco grope a passed out stripper? Because he's Rocco. <laughs> but I was like, why is, why is that in here? Like, why is it like we're out here, you know, fighting for self-righteousness and justice and we're going to like, you know, take this city back from the fucking scum? We're also gonna grope a titty. <laughs> just like it was like so. I'll tip her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is like, just like, oh, dude, that was like one of the cringiest things in here. Um, yeah. Which also, yeah, they did not. That was also the thing is with this movie is like, I think, again, I feel like all the actors are just doing the heavy lifting of the writing because like there's no fucking plot in this in the sense that like they really are out here just committing unplanned, unsystematic murders the entire yeah, time. Because like Rocco's yeah. like, well, what's next at one point? And they're like, well, Rock, we don't have a clue. Like, we're just going to, you know. And it's like, you don't have a clue? Sorry, Ireland. Yeah. Oh, God. But also, um, yeah, so we're just going to keep, I guess, cruising that was, along. That was my, that's what I attributed it to being like Pulp Fiction. Because it's, it's a bit of a nonlinear story. All of the crime scenes are told backwards. Oh, we, I, we see the crime scene and then mm -hmm. then we start to learn how they came about. I did love so, that. Yeah. Uh, also, the best scene in this entire movie, which I'm sure it's unanimous. Um, there was a firefight. <laughs> exactly. Oh, God, I wish we wouldn't get sued. That's uh, like, I want to play that audio <laughs> so bad. Don't worry about it. I think, yeah. I think we're good to go. Okay. Can you, um, nice. I don't know what the legality is, but uh, it also like, yeah, just also talking about like the time and like the culture around this movie. There was a, my friends were into like fucking edgy and stuff. And they were into like, <laughs> some of them were into like hardcore music and metal and stuff like that. And like, I, I still get down with some hardcore, but um, definitely. But there's a band called Bleeding Through. If you're not familiar, they're a metalcore band. Um, I can't think that I wish I would have written it down, but I just remember a buddy of mine being obsessed with playing this one Bleeding Through song because it starts with, and this is back in that time where it's like, all you had to do to be a punk band or a hardcore band was just, rip your favorite yeah. piece of dialogue from a movie <laughs> and then just wail on some drums and it's like dude that's like the sickest song I've ever heard <laughs> oh dude I was about to roll this blunt can you put on Bleeding Thrill like we're gonna dude this is gonna be so fun yeah uh, but anyways yeah that is the scene of the movie um, I also love the lead up to that moment the scene where Defoe is actually present and reenacting all of the movements while he's retelling yeah. how the murders went down um which, yeah, there's, this is also like a scene that has so many of those uh, quote unquote fucking cool guy like Duffy things. Like, you know, he's just sitting there patting himself on the back. Um, there's just, <laughs> During like this ra particular raid, there's a scene where um, Sean Patrick Flannery shoots a guy and like, like Cox's gun discharges and the shell flies up. He catches the bullet casing midair. And slow then, motion, of course. Yeah. Slow motion, of course, because yeah, yeah. mm -hmm. we wouldn't expect any more. And then he catches it at the top and signs the cross, <laughs> which I feel like he wrote that first. He's like, dude, I got the best idea for a movie. And it's like, what is it? This really s cool dude, like kind of looks like me, but not, and then everyone's like, no, not really. <laughs> no, he kind of looks like me. Well, you know, we're the same guy. Um, he's in this duster and he shoots this bullet in slow-mo and it's like, he catches the shell. And it's like, dude, I'm gonna be a dope. <laughs> oh, but yeah, um, that is easily the best scene in the whole movie. Um, I wish that the film was done that way the entire time, like that the flashbacks to the murders actually had Defoe acting along. Right. And then I wish that, you know, it was more of like an actual like Sherlock Holmes sort of thing of like, oh, Defoe is the main character. And then it's like, cause then it's also, you've got, if you flip the movie that way, you've actually got a film. <laughs> yeah. 
in the sense that you're like, oh yeah, these guys are, uh, you know, quote unquote, like moral and doing what's right and doing God's work. And then like through Defoe's eyes, you're seeing it's not, which is what pissed me off the most is when Defoe has a flip towards the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got an arc. Yeah. Where his arc, I hated his arc though. I hated that he just like comes to terms with like, you know what? It, it makes, yeah, it makes no sense. No, um, it's so fucking unmotivated. Um, also, that scene is so melodramatic. I love how Defoe is just pouring sweat yeah. while he conducts <laughs> classical music as like bullet shells and cars explode. Oh my god! Yeah, that's like the yeah. Again, I mean, we haven't gotten to like what we're doing with this movie yet, but just just YouTube that scene and you've that's Boondock Saints. That's your Boondock Saints mm-hmm. for the day. You know, that's all you got to do. And then yeah, back on Defoe and getting to his like character arc. Um, I do love that he gets to that scene by literally just binge drinking at a gay bar till sunrise (laughs) and then he just passes he stumbles into the church and passes out in a confession booth not necessarily because he's like quote-unquote looking for answers but he's just like you know he's like sunshine and like mouth still tastes like whiskey oh god yeah oh but also um that does again bad movie good scenes yeah i did love the like pseudo mexican standoff too of defoe passed out in the confessional booth priest about to speak to him, Rocco breaks in, puts the gun to the priest's head, and is like, hey, you're gonna like tell this guy what we're doing is right, and da da da, and you're gonna like basically also probably distract him while I just shoot him point blank here and kill him. And then uh Sean Patrick Flannery comes in, grabs Rocco, rips his head through, puts a gun, and then it's just like the beautiful chain of like, it's like the most dangerous game of telephone you've ever played. <laughs> it's like, tell him to say this, Rock, and Rock's like, uh, and it's like, hey, priest, uh, and then the priest finally like spits it out. Also, I love that it all comes down to like, it's all that priest's fault. <laughs> In the sense, if you like, if you really want to play the, like the blame game, like it all boils down to like that police officer, or that priest just, uh, just completely giving carte blanche to Willem or to them by telling Willem Dafoe that it's all right. I don't think he did. He, he keeps speaking in like um, generalisms and Willem Dafoe kind of just read what he wanted yeah. to out of it. Mm. He, he also had a gun to his head. So I'm like a little, a little. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. I know. Uh, I just meant like, you worst know, hand. be a different movie if the priest was like, no, 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 they're terrible. They're behind me. They're going to fucking kill me. Just yeah. <laughs> arrest them now. <laughs> I, was, I realized last night watching this that um, that priest actually has like one of the better performances in the film as an actor. Mm. Oh, yeah. I kind of uh, believed him most out of all of them. Yeah, the boys kind of got ourselves. They, you know, get attacked by Il Duce, um, which is the firefight scene. But uh, what's with Il Duce? He just gets released from prison whenever they need a hit. <laughs> he's like a caged fucking animal. Yeah. Just like literally, he's like Blanca, gonna, just going to go back to Street Fighter. He's like fucking Blanca and Street Fighter. Like he's just literally like, he's even in the same stance. He's like seething. And like, you have to also put him in a giant fucking bird cage for a parole hearing. Yeah. They say he's been there for what, like 30 years or something like that. I think that's yeah. the line. Uh, you know what? It's funny. What I noticed about that scene, not, um, uh, the, the shootout was, uh, you know, they unload like, two clips and, and but they're not like uh i remembered it differently in my head but when i rewatched it i'm like they're just standing there yeah like firing at each other yeah they're not and I, think, I think it's rock rock was the only one who i think runs off to the side like as he's shooting and then falls in the bush right but i realized i'm like oh yeah they fired so many bullets and they were just standing there and it looked cool it was you know don't, like, don't get me wrong still i agree yeah probably the best scene of the film it looks really cool but then like when i really yeah i was like oh there was like no choreography they just were just standing there and they 
all missed, which makes yeah, me kind bad, of bad, bad shots. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, and, and maybe 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 I understand on the brothers' part, but then it makes me think, oh, well, well you know, the Duce was supposed to be this great, and you're telling me, you know, he had yeah, just a weird amount of firepower. And it means guns, guns, guns. That was like the the thing to go for. Oh yeah, this movie is I, like I get more the, just like oh, it the, looks cool. The, the one thing <laughs> the one thing I really liked about that scene was that Smecker gets it wrong. He says, and there were six guys, right. and it shows six people in Boca blurred out, but it was just the one guy. That that was pretty cool. That's that's when, that was a good trick. I know. I love that they did give him that. Like that's when Greenlee finally actually gets something right. Yeah, like, exactly. What if it was like one guy with six guns. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah. oh God, I just, and I'm sorry to just keep backtracking to that, but I do yeah. love the fucking, the Three Stooges patter between all those guys, like yeah. things that I haven't touched on um, and just all fucking run through them because I know we're kind of getting towards the end here. Oh, dude, go ahead and take your time. We okay. get to, we'll, we'll do two parts if we have to, but. But I love that Greenlee is like at the very, in the first scene, he's like breaking it down of what he thinks happened. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, he attacks this guy because he's bandaged up. Where's he going? He's going fucking nowhere. Fucking nowhere. And it's like, why is he doing it? Because he's smart. <laughs> Also, this guy is just jumping on people like Super Mario style. Basically, he's like, "I think we might have a serial crusher." That's like one of them. I that still that scene still cracks me up to this day. Like that scene definitely holds up. Yeah. And then Willem Dafoe comes in. And he's like, "Oh, do you think we have a serial crusher?" Like, <laughs> just like you fucking idiot. Uh, I also yeah. And then when they get to the um, <laughs> when they get to the uh, Russian hit, and the guy's like, "Yeah." Um, you know, they put pennies on the eyes. What do you think the symbology of that is? Yeah. Yeah. Symbolism. I think the, what the word you're searching for is symbolism. And then when he like figures it out, and this has always made me laugh. Even when I like took this movie seriously and was like, oh, dude, this is like one of the greatest works of male art of all time. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the bit where Smecker like puts two and two together and figures out how they did the kind of like pseudo Mission Impossible drop through the ceiling and whatnot. Mm-hmm. He's like, ah. This makes me feel like river dancing. And then it cuts away from a close-up into a wide, and he does a fucking jig. Yeah. yeah. And that Willem Dafoe jig makes me laugh every time. <laughs> like, if I ever, like, don't want to do an episode with Luke, if I'm ever just like, oh, I don't know, man, things are tough. I'm having trouble paying rent. Da-da. You just show me that little jig scene. <laughs> and I'll be like, okay, man, we can I'll, do this. I'll go stand on the other side of the room and do a jig, and then exactly. we'll come back and record. You know, it's funny. I, I, I read that um, William Dafoe was actually opposed to that. Mm-hmm. That Duffy, yeah, Duffy had to, you know, Duffy told him, oh, this is what you're going to do. You're going to get up and you're going to do this dance. And he said, why would I do that at the crime scene? And he's like, oh, because your character would. He's like, it's it's so ridiculous. And that's, you know, somehow, somehow he convinced William Defoe to do it. And he's like, all right. Yeah. I think he's having so much fun. Um, I think <laughs> Defoe is having a blast in this movie. Um, yeah. I've been, it, you know, it's towards the end of the movie, so we've been saving it for last. But it's also, oh, that drag scene is insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. I also, I love that he just, like, that's his, I, you know, his plan is to just, like, the boys are in trouble. Like, he gets the information. The boys are in trouble. They're going to be killed any second. I'm going to put together a crazy, like, well-thought-out <laughs> drag outfit. Uh-huh. Which also, my wife sitting next to me, she's like, oh, they would be dead. And I was like, well, yeah, da 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 And she's like, no, no, they would be dead. Do you see his hands? And I was like, what? And she's like, he got his fucking nails done. Oh, yeah. He's so he finds out, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he finds out that they are, like, seconds away from, you know, getting a bullet in the temple. <laughs> And instead of just being like, instead of being like, oh, this is crazy. Oh, you know, what's the craziest thing I could do? I could throw on a dress and just walk in there. That's how I'll get in there. He's like, what if I also bought some really nice high-end Mac makeup? What if I, you know what? There's a, there's a salon near my house. I'm going to get a blowout. I'm going to like, he just goes all in. Yeah. Which also, um, I'm not trying to, um, 
you know, I think drag is a beautiful thing, and I think we need to defend it at all costs. Because um, you know, who, who are people to say we can't do that? That's yeah. Anyways, I want to get into politics here, but I will say this: um, Willem Dafoe looks like the female gremlin. <laughs> From Gremlins. That was the first thing I thought when I saw him in the getup. I was just like, oh my God, he looks like the female Gremlin from the Gremlins bar scene. Which also, I mean, we're doing Gremlins. Uh, maybe not next, but soon. Uh, yeah. I'm holding you to it. I, uh, yeah, we'll do it. Maybe, I don't want to wait till Christmas. We're going to do it soon. <laughs> um, but yeah, I also love that he gets in with the getup because he's like dressed as an escort. You've got one of the most elite assassins apparently in the entire world, as Papa Joe says, motherfuckers hiding in the bushes right now. You've got like the killer of killers hiding in the bushes about to just take everyone out. You've got the two most dangerous men in the entire city. Never mind they're like handcuffed and you just killed like one of the trio, but you still have, you know, it's like having like Dahmer under your feet, basically in their eyes. Yeah. And you're like, you know what? Um, um, let me fuck this escort really quick. Like, like, <laughs> Total, totally did not make sense. No. Uh, and then, then he, his, you know, his compatriot is going around and go, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And then he just goes, hurry up. Like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, that turned over quickly. Yeah. Ah, this is the worst. Are you insane? You're going to get us all killed. Like, you uh, know what? Ah, uh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Have fun. <laughs> hey, if she would have brought a friend, buddy, I'd be right here. <laughs> uh, which also I do love when uh, Defoe and him are about to hook up and the guy's taking off his pants and I don't know. She's like, you know, and she, Defoe, mm -hmm. is like groping at him. And he's like, oh, you want a shot at the title? <laughs> you yeah. want to see, see the champ? So it's like he calls his penis like the people's champ, basically. I thought that was great. <laughs> I also love that as soon as he, he like, you know, Defoe shoots this like dude and gets up, catches himself in the mirror. And the first thing he says is, too far. Too far, gone too far. <laughs> like, I love that he has that moment of self-actualization of like, whoa, I could have, I am an FBI agent. Yeah. I could have just walked through the front door and like, with, a, with a squad and killed everybody and done the thing. And it's like, no, this is, oh. One thing I, I just want to point out um, from that scene, which was totally bizarre. I don't know if I just missed it before, but there's like, Willem Dafoe being that character gives the guy actual tongue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He goes into it. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Wow. Well, it's like I don't know. It's just kudos of, to Defoe of, of for all of all the misogyny and homophobic stuff that's in this film. There's a lot of homoeroticism in it. Oh, this movie like, is so gay. Insane, insanely. This movie not is just so the brothers, gay. but like no, like they're brothers because think, if they weren't, they'd be lovers. They're I think shacking up in a like weird like hostel they're like they have identical tattoos mm -hmm. yeah. like you know they shower together they like <laughs> I, and, and i do wonder if like culturally in gay culture if this film like mm. played well oh so i'm saying like no like honestly like i'm pretty sure like it had it not been dumbed down with like some of duffy's bullshit like yeah. defoe's character should by all rights be a queer icon yeah yeah you're right because he is like despite all the self-hating and like people saying like the Freudian slip scene where it's like, well, what do you think about the word I'm not going to say, man? It's like, do you mean the fat man? Yeah, that's what he said, the fat man. <laughs> like aside from that kind of stuff, like it's like, yeah, Defoe is, he's doing, every, yeah, he's doing everything right mm -hmm. aside from, you know, Duffy tapping him on the shoulder and be like, hey, hey, um, you're, you're like a cool gay guy, but you can't be that cool, okay? So you got to stop it. <laughs> um, I'm Look, we're, we're we're not supposed to like them, okay? So just just knock it off. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm I'm sure I'm sure um, the the intensity of that kiss was definitely all Defoe. Oh, yeah. I'm sure Defoe oh, yeah. was like, oh yeah, just go kiss him, you know, just you know, little well, little, little peck, and he was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna kiss the fuck out of him. 
Yeah. Well, the other, the other actor, I mean, I don't know how many takes they did, but the other actor was in like there too. Like, yeah, he's, like, he's yes no, ending. No, no he's... flinching. No. Yeah. It was. Dude, half of acting is reacting and he's, <laughs> take, you know, he's taking it in. He's doing it. But yeah, uh, I'm almost, I've actually, aside from some like, you know, little tidbits, little, little trivias, I feel mm-hmm. like this whole thing was, you know, picking nits and, uh, Picking it apart because it it's it, it deserved it, man. It oh yeah, like, no, no, no. Like, this movie is, deserves to be fricasseed. Like this is yeah. yeah. Um, but I just want to touch on something that I'm very happy, and hopefully I don't put this out in the atmosphere just by saying it. <laughs> but I am so happy and so surprised. Fortune hasn't fallen in love with this movie just yet, because <laughs> like as much as they love like the quote unquote like Sigma male films of like here was a man who wouldn't take it anymore, and my only thought. Is like, is it just like, is it the religious like touches and the Irish stuff that keeps them away? No, I think it, this movie came out over 20 years ago. I think it's, it has gone through the internet cycle. Yeah. It's, Mm. it's been latched onto by people for sure. Okay. I just feel like it's like, I I don't know. It's like, and I don't want to folk. I mean, I do want to talk about a lot of the movies in the quote unquote, like Sigma realm because they're decent movies in that realm. Right. Like, you know, I would love to do a taxi driver or something like that, but like, I'm so surprised it's not. I haven't just go, I don't go on like Instagram or Facebook mm. or something and see like a shot of, maybe because it is just dated now officially, but it's like, I'm surprised there's not like the Joker scene, you know, of like this one of the, any shot of them smoking a cigarette and then just like text about, you know, male superiority. Yeah. Also, they literally have a fucking manifesto. So I'm surprised that like, you know, 4chan, 8chan stuff aren't like, oh yeah, man, like we're just gonna latch onto this with like tooth yeah. and nail. And again, it's got to be, it's got to be something. It's got to be the age. It's got to be like the religious touches or something. Cause you know, they're, they're, uh, they're like above, you know, believing anything. So it's just like, they've got to all be self-hating atheists and stuff like that. So maybe it's like, they're like, oh, it's like these guys would be cool if they weren't Catholic. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what it is. I don't know. And on that same note, like, uh, I do love the movie ends with like the street interview segment. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, it's like, what do you guys, cool. Yeah. Um, but that literally like felt like reading any comment section on the internet <laughs> in the sense that I, it's it was, just, it was 2000, man. It was before yeah, the internet exactly. really, really took off. So it was the beginning of all that. Oh, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, like that kind of y'all out of steam there a little steam. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are allowed to talk now. Um, <laughs> I've got plenty of little, like my bullshit fun facts. Um, but yeah, let's dude, you guys got the floor for a second. I'll take a breath. Yeah. No, it, you know, again, um, you know, like, like, like I said at the beginning, I, I, I remember the movie very differently. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think, I think we kind of all similarly were like, yeah, I remember it being cool, you know, this or that. And yeah, I, you know, I was, I really was not expecting, you know, to, to, you know, um, turn on this movie. <laughs> the way I did after I was, you know, I was like, oh man, like this is, this is not good. Yeah. The, you know, um, you know, Chuck, I think you said, you know, a lot of good ideas in there. So good scenes sprinkled throughout. I yeah. Think, I think, you know, maybe even, you know, I might even be inclined to say, that there is uh, uh, the, the foundation of the film, I think a, a good premise or just general, you know, but just executed poorly right. and with all that extra, you know, bullshit thrown in there. Do you guys think it would have done better if it had its original budget? And oh, backing? absolutely. No, um, that's what I, I was going to quick transition to that with. Um, yeah, had it had its original budget and its original like casting ideas, Oh my god! Like um, the brothers were originally supposed to be played by Mark Wahlberg and Ewan McGregor. Yeah, I saw that. Just the names alone, it would have killed. I yep. think it would have blow, you know, would have blown up. Also, I think like that would have a the star power would have propelled it, but also that would have brought like 
Wahlberg bringing like the stupid Boston authenticity, you know, he would have had his fucking like, he would have had his soldiers behind him basically. Um, and the reason, aside from Miramax blackballing this movie, the reason why Wahlberg passed is so he could do Boogie Nights, yep. which, oh, holy shit, thank God. win on that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then McGregor was super into it. Uh, the only reason he dropped out is because he got in a drunken, heated argument with uh, the director about the death penalty. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sounds, and uh, I bet yep. you know which uh, side of the coin Duffy's on with that one. And I bet you know where uh, McGregor stands, so. Yeah. Maybe they both are super pro. Actually, I take it back. Maybe McGregor's super pro death penalty. Oh, shit. And it's yeah. just like. They're both just like, no, no, no. Like, it's not enough. You need to reincarnate them and kill them again. <laughs> you know, to add to the uh, Troy Duffy uh, douchebag train, I did see on there that he somehow Keanu Reeves was thrown in. I don't know if it's true, but he was oh, thrown yeah. in there. And, that, and then Duffy said, talk, oh, that guy's talk, fucking. Talking shit about him. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I was like, really? Like the, the nicest guy in Hollywood? Like, yeah, uh, right. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have the quote. Uh, Keanu, like he's talking about people who were like considered. And he's like, well, Keanu Reeves is a fucking punk. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> Ethan Hawke, like, he's got to be one of the worst actors I've ever fucking seen. Like, <laughs> but those two were both considered. Yeah. Uh, just ridiculous. Also, this movie's already canceled, but oh, it could have been like the perfect triangle of cancellation because one of the original uh, choices to play Paul Smecker was Kevin Spacey. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so you could have had Kevin Spacey, Ron Jeremy, and Weinstein paying for it all. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Patrick Swayze too. Yeah, there's some. There's Sylvester Stallone was Sylvester gonna be, Stallone for a while. Uh, that would have been really weird. Oh yeah. So uh, you telling me we got a serial crusher? <laughs> it, it, it would have definitely become about him. Yeah. The entire film would have been about him. <laughs> Although, uh, Defoe was the right choice, and he just absolutely delivers. But I want to see a version. I want to see gay Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> Stallone drag, yeah. I want to see out and proud Stallone. I, I think um, what was that one with the Kurt Russell is the closest you're going to get. Oh we're, yeah, he's yeah, an yeah. uptight accountant. Like the only time he's ever not played <laughs> Rambo. Oh man. So there's there's a little history with this film. Um, we've already talked about it a little bit. Um, how Harvey Weinstein torpedoed the film um, even after like building it up, and um, when it went to Cannes. It didn't get distribution, and there's a good chance that Weinstein just kind of like, don't you fucking touch it. I forget the name of their distribution company or whoever they were working with. All of a sudden, kind of dropped them. My only, the only thing I love about this film is that it culturally grew so big, even though Weinstein tried his best mm -hmm. to fucking squash it. Cause fuck Weinstein. That's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. that, that's my message here. I hope that, I don't know. I just hope that Weinstein saw it surge. Yeah. Oh yeah, despite, like, despite his best efforts, efforts. Yeah. exactly. Like I don't love this movie, but I love the like grassroots approach yeah. to it getting seeing the light of day. And like you know, it's like as much as I've been bagging on the guy the whole time, but as much as like I don't care for Troy Duffy, his tenacity is actually something yeah. to like just really commend. Just the fact that it's like oh, it's like I got picked up and had my heart broken by like one of the biggest film companies in the world. Yeah, and. I'm just going to keep going. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm going to make this movie no matter what, which is like, I do love the insanity of that. Like, you know, it's like, I, yeah, if he was less of an asshole, he would be someone to look up to in that sense. of <laughs> yeah. just kind of like, yeah, that's my, it's the only, the only like uh, thing I can align myself with. Yeah, Troy is, he's kind of got that Mark Burchot kind of thing yeah. of just like, which also, Oh God, we should do American movie. <laughs> oh my God. Can we please? <laughs> <laughs> but, to, uh, to ask me. okay. Okay. Can we, Dad? Can we get a Can puppy? <laughs> um, 
But yeah, just that sheer like unbreakable tenacity is something that, yeah. No matter how you feel about the guy and the movie, you got got to give the guy a pat on the back for that one. True. Yep. Yeah, that's the the uh, the meta for or the yeah, the meta view for me is like I love that the the film grew culturally despite Weinstein. You know, and, uh, yeah. and then he had his, you know, he had a sequel 10 years later. Boy, howdy diddy. Yeah. We're not there's doing even, that there's, one. There's, Don't worry. there's talk of a, a third in a show is what I, yep. Oh no. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I was not aware. This there's, is a fun there's, treat. There's one other thing I just want to uh, talk about Troy for a little bit. He's kind of a one hit wonder. Oh yeah. That's, if, all, that's if, all he's done. If, if you yeah. look at <laughs> all of his, all of his credits are just yeah. Boondock Saints things, related things. It's like, it's not that great, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Cause know. you just don't have the vision, Luke. <laughs> you know what you're right you're right oh man you know it's funny I, so right so at the, at the beginning right i did say that i saw this movie uh i think i'm pretty sure it was 2009 so the sequel was coming around around that time mm-hmm. um i don't think i saw it right away but it must have at least been pretty soon after maybe the next year that i saw the sequel and maybe maybe it was because i'd seen it so recently but i fucking loved the sequel Hmm. I, you know, and I, you know, that's a whole, we can do a whole nother, you know, We're not going going to. no, 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 just no I'm just, I'm just saying, yeah, I, I remember, and, and, and it's funny cause I, I do remember more people were like, oh no, this is terrible. And I was in the minority. I'm like, oh, I thought the sequel was way better. So I would be curious right. if I went back now that I, you know, rewatched this, the first one, like, would I be like, oh, I don't, I don't like, <laughs> I don't like to like talk about people's looks and then things they may not be in control of, especially, yeah. but I don't, I didn't know what happened to Sean Patrick Flannery's face. He didn't look like the same guy. I don't know what happened. Like, it's just the aging was very weird for him. Yeah. Yeah. Ten, well, I'm, I'm, I'm curious how old he was in the first movie in 10 years. Cause he might've been at that, you know, was for he, a while, was for a while you're kind of hitting the same and then you hit that one age and then it's just like, oh, okay. Then you get that big drastic change. He went so. from 20 to 60. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, uh, but it was, it was such I, a, such a drastic change. I didn't think it was the same guy. I thought they got a different yeah. brother. Like, uh-huh. I thought they got a different guy to play him. I was like, that's what the, the turn that turned me off of the sequel big time. Yeah. Might've been unemployment. Cause I don't, I know, I know Rita's was doing a couple things. I don't know if he started he's, walking he's dead by then. Busy. No, he's, yeah, he definitely had. Yeah, so maybe it was just. But he also had Blade. Oh, um, yeah. He was Blade, in, like the second Blade movie, and that's right. tons of movies. So wonder if Flannery was just, was just out. Yeah, I guess out. maybe that's what aged him. He was struggling. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, stay tuned for uh, Boondock Saints yeah. Origins. <laughs> Let's do Origins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I've been I've been silent for so long uh, because well, I just had to look it up. <clears throat> so. He did a shit ton of TV. That's what it was. So just like by being on things like Numbers. Flannery? Yeah. Oh. Mm. Being on things like Numbers and uh, the television version of The Dead Zone. You know, that'll age you, bud. <laughs> <laughs> you, know what, uh, you know what takes years off your life? Being in some uh, straight-to-video movie called 10-Inch Hero. <laughs> mm. That's pretty much all I got. That's uh, yeah, that's all she wrote on this one. Um, I think we can all unanimous, unanimously. Sorry, actually, can we y'all unanimously? <laughs> sorry, you can take me out back and shoot me. <laughs> put some pennies on my eyes. <laughs> put, some, put some gunshots in there. Exactly. Would you guys do uh, Wyatt fucking Earp, or would you guys do? Uh... <laughs> That is, again, like, this movie is... Uh, so full of lines, man. So, no, exactly. So here's, here's what's going to blow your, your mind right now is, I'm not going to kill it. What? I'm, I'm going to monitor it. Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't get to live, but it doesn't get to, like, be free. Mm. 
but there are there are such Willem Dafoe performances yeah. in here that I can't I can't just all right kill it. It doesn't deserve to live like the the I don't know the all the shitty misogyny the homophobic uh, homophobia all this stuff. But yeah, I can't uh, I can't bring myself to just actually kill it. I am gonna kill it, and I'm gonna but I'm gonna kill it with this caveat. I'm gonna kill it with a pair of scissors because I'm gonna cut out all of Defoe's banter. <laughs> <laughs> the drag scene. Let's re-edit it. And yeah. there was a firefight. And I'm going to put those together on a YouTube video that already exists called Most Epic Scenes from Boondock Saints. And it's going to start with like bad uh, like Windows Movie Maker like titles. And it's going to be playing uh, fucking shipping up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys for no reason. <laughs> even though it's not in this at all. Uh, and then, yeah. So... I'm going to kill it, but I'm also going to suggest to the audience, um, yeah, if you remember this movie fondly, don't revisit it. Just watch There Was a Firefight on YouTube and have a great time. You know what? Um, I think, yeah, I think I'm going to, you know, it's kind of along the lines of what Luke was saying. I think I'm going to have to, you know, um, you know, maybe, maybe just keep it as something I, you know, throw in the background for uh, Drunken Nights, start a conversation with somebody, right? you know, and kind of engage the room, see what's going on and, you know, but... Um, yeah, just just for straight fun, Chuck, my, by Chuck, myself. Chuck was looking at us in disbelief. Uh, yeah, these, yeah, uh, I think yeah. And, and <laughs> Chuck was sure he had a unanimous vote on this one. You know, we yeah. talked about some some of the, the the very few highlights of the movie. I think yeah, those, yeah, those were enjoyable. I did, I did during those scenes. You know, when I was watching it today earlier today, I, I did I did yeah, I, ch- I chuckled and you know I enjoyed right. certain things and I wouldn't say it's yeah. Sorry, Chuck. Yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> no, it's okay. It, it's okay. It, 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 you know, yeah, I'm not I'm not uh, throwing away these leftovers just yet. I think I. Oh no! I'm, another day or two, and I'm not yeah. saying throw the leftovers away. <laughs> I'm saying, you know, just pick some meat off the bones and make a turkey sandwich. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying, mm-hmm. like, just you know. You no, know, I, I agree with what you said, though. Like, if anyone hasn't seen this, yeah, just check out the clips on YouTube. You don't yeah. need you don't need to watch the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Also, Willem Dafoe. When you're, I know you're not listening, but if you somehow stumble upon this because you're an insane narcissist who just looks up his own name constantly, if you're hearing this, yeah, just uh. Call us. Call us, but also, um, you know, hit up Troy Duffy and uh, get the rights to your character and just make a Sherlock Holmes movie. Or just, no, fuck that. Just, yeah. Let's just make a Willem Dafoe led Sherlock Holmes movie where he happens to be gay and dress in drag. And yeah, I'll be there first day. I'll buy out a theater. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, I agree. He yeah. had to have enjoyed that. Oh, he had right. so he came, much he, fun. You know, he was in the, the end credits um, for, the sec- for the sequel. Yeah. I have him down as winning the film. He, he had the most fun. Yeah. He, he, I don't know. He had fun. He walked, had walked away with the best right. from this project. Oh, yeah. Everything that doesn't hurt, he's in. <laughs> like, a scene wise. Yeah. So it's like, I'm like, this is a movie with good. I keep saying that. But it's like, no, this, <laughs> this is a movie with Willem Dafoe. So anything that he touches is gold. Yeah, pretty much. Well, with that, uh, I have been Luke Loaned. I have been Chuck Starzensky. I am Javier Martinez. And we have been the Nostalgia Killers, and we just talked about the Boondock Saints. Bang bang! Thank you for listening. Check out our Patreon. Blah 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 blah. blah. Oh we yeah, have Patreon now. Oh yeah. Um, uh, we need to do ad reads. Yeah. Uh, eventually, we'll get oh. there. I, I started writing some, but we don't. Yeah, we need money. Yeah, I would love to. <laughs> also, yeah, anyone's listening. I, I, I am a whore. I will sell out. Um, you know, um, you know why I'll sell out, Luke? Because I feel safe. Um, because I have Simply Safe. Uh, Simply Safe. <laughs> 